so it's great to be talking on anxiety and really feeling it, isn't it? <laughs> uh, anyway, it's really good to see you all and special welcome to anybody that's here for the first time. The truth is, almost all of us struggle with anxiety to a greater or lesser extent. <clears throat> and if you're fortunate enough not to, you will know loads of people who do, so we all need to take it seriously. Do you know that anxiety will significantly affect one in four of us every year? We need to look at, before we look at the text, I'm going to just talk a bit more about it, but we really need to take on board that it's an epidemic today. It affects so many people and it has a huge effect on how we live our lives, whether we're inside or outside the church. I'm just going to tell you a few statistics. Please don't go to sleep. There are not very many, and I'm going to test you on them in a minute. Just kidding. Uh, in England, these are from Mental Health UK. So in England, women are more likely to, than men to have a common mental health problem and are almost twice as likely to be diagnosed with anxiety disorders. Anxiety is the emotion that's most commonly linked with emotional and mental health problems, such as depression, PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress syndrome disorder, and OCD, which is obsessive compulsive disorder, so as well as the other stress conditions. In the UK, 70 million days are lost from work every single year due to mental health mental health issues and it's the leading cause of time off work and in 2013 there were 8.2 million cases of anxiety disorder <clears throat> hope you've remembered all that so if one in four of us is going to experience a significant level of anxiety this year and there are say know, 60 of us here then probably 15, right? 15 of us will have a significant problem with it. Um, so if you didn't feel anxious before, you probably do now. So what is it? Joyce Meyer said, worry is a down payment on a problem we may never have. And just briefly to clarify the difference between anxiety and fear, I mean, they're obviously related, but fear is more specific. Fear will stop you running out into the road or sticking your hand in the fire, whereas anxiety is more uncertain. There's a kind of sense of pervading sense of doom and gloom that just kind of churns away inside you. A sense that something bad's going to happen, I'm not quite sure what and I'm not quite sure when. And like in the video we just watched, someone might say something quite innocuous and that can trigger a whole thought process that leaps into life and in a few seconds you're then in the worst case scenario and it leaves you feeling overwhelmed. It's a bit like sitting in a car with the engine running when you're not going anywhere and the continuous noise of the engine kind of drowns out the truth and the helpful voices that you need to hear. 
But the worst thing is that after a bit, you can't even hear the engine noise, but it's still having the same effect, still drowning out the other helpful noise and getting us nowhere. So it makes us feel unsure, insecure, unable to relax, and it affects us physically too. Do you have the next slide, maybe? That's not me, I'd just like to tell you. Do any of those relate to you at all? I know I've probably experienced most of them at some point. Um, yeah, so I've had palpitations and racing mind and all of those kind of things, and that's just a normal part of anxiety. Some of us are more prone to it than others. Women more so than men. People who have perfectionist tendencies and people with low self-esteem. But it generally starts very early in life, although it can happen if you have a sort of traumatic event that can come on after that. But either way, if you do suffer from it, it's not your fault. And I think it's something that, as Christians, we find particularly difficult to admit to because we're meant to live in the peace of God, aren't we? And I think we actually struggle with the shame often of admitting that when we're meant to be living with that, that actually we are feeling really anxious. But sadly, the truth is that it affects Christians just as much as it affects anybody else. I think we all also need to be careful at church that um, that we hear people well, we listen people well, to, to people well when they talk about their anxiety. Because quite often you, can, you hear, don't worry, it's okay, just be happy. Or you just need to trust God more. He wants you to be peaceful. He doesn't want you to worry. Now that may all be true, but actually the message that people pick up is that somehow they're a failure as a Christian, that they haven't got enough faith or enough trust, and it only increases the shame. It's not quite that simple anyway. Anyone who's experienced anxiety to any degree will know that you can't just switch it off, because otherwise, obviously, you would have done so already. Could we have the next one, please? <laughs> so, actually, we really do want the church to be a place where people can find help, where there's healing and acceptance and people to journey with us, no matter how long it takes, and who can love us where we are and encourage us into the Lord's freedom. Proverbs 12:25 says, Anxiety in the heart of man gets you down, but a kind word brings you life. So we need each other. We need kind words, words of love and truth spoken over us. And we need those from each other, and we need them from God, and we also need them from, from ourselves. But it's part of the reason that it's so important to be part of a ch loving church family and that we don't isolate ourselves. 
So as well as paralyzing us, anxiety traps us. It stops us taking action, stops us taking risks or being adventurous. It prevents us from living in the moment, from enjoying today, because we're so caught up with worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow. And we can feel incredibly alone. It's exhausting. It stops us being fruitful. And it doesn't solve anything. Corrie Ten Boom said, Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its joy. Now, I just want to show you an outfit I used to wear all the time. I don't need to wear it nearly so much nowadays, but just occasionally it still pops out of the cupboard. Maybe some of you have one of those as well. Now, I have come a long way from where I started with God's help and with the help of others. I was an incredibly anxious child, anxious about, about almost everything, all of the time. And that continued until well into my adulthood. But I can now recognise the physical symptoms and also the thought patterns when anxiety comes knocking on my door again. Now, I'm not totally sorted, but I'm on the way. And I know there are battles I still have to fight, but I'm so much better than I used to be. Some of you already know that one of my biggest struggles was actually my fear of speaking in public. So, of course, the irony is that as I've been preparing this talk on anxiety, I've been wearing a T-shirt. <laughs> haven't had very much sleep for the last few days. Because it's a really big deal for me to do this. I'm right out of my comfort zone. And I completely have to rely on the Lord and his grace. Part of me would much rather be sitting down where you are. But I know that I'm called to do this sometimes. And those who are called to eclipse. So I'm just being obedient. So before Bill comes up to read the passage, maybe now's a good time just to turn to your neighbour and take a couple of minutes to identify just what are some of the main things that people tend to worry about. And then I'll just call you back. So just quickly, a couple of minutes. Okay? So would you like to shout out some of the things that came to mind? Money? Yeah, money. Sorry? Being alone. Good one. Yes, absolutely. Anything else? Loss of job. Yes. Yeah. 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 Illness. Yes. Yes. I've got a headache. Oh my goodness, I've got a tumour. I'm going to die next week. Sorry? Getting found out. Yes, absolutely. That's a terrible one, isn't it? Yeah. Being told off. Worry. Sorry? The unknown. Good one, Juliet. Thank you. Yes, having our vulnerabilities exposed. Cyberbullying. Sexting. 
I just think for the younger generation, you've got some really horrible things to deal with, actually, that we never had because of all this technology stuff. Um, and I think that is really anxiety-provoking for a lot of you. Um, just to say, and I don't know if this is the equivalent for guys, but for young women, there's a really good website called More Precious, which is really, you know, might be really helpful just for you to be able to look at and read some good truth about who you are. So, as you can see, there's lots of different things that we worry about, and we'll come back to some of these next time. But let's move on and make a start on this amazing passage, which I really love, and Bill's going to come and read to us. Philippians 4, verse 4 to 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Thanks, Bill. Now, because we're looking at anxiety, and I love word studies, I thought I'd look up the word Paul uses for anxious in verse 6, when he says, do not be anxious about anything. And my ancient Greek is a bit rusty, so my pronunciation might not be very good. It's the word merimna, M-E-R-I-M-N-A. There's a verb that goes with it, which I'm merimneo or something. Anyway, but it means to worry, have anxiety, be concerned, and take interest. Now, two chapters earlier, Paul uses exactly the same word when he's talking about sending Timothy over to the believers in Philippi. In chapter 2, verse 20, he said, I have no one else like him who takes a genuine interest in your welfare. So, merimna can mean both genuine concern and interest and needless or over-anxiety. Don't forget that anxiety is actually a part of life. It's a God-given emotion, and it's meant to be a signal that something needs our attention. It's just not meant to dominate us, that's all. So we're meant to have genuine concern for people. We're meant to have genuine concern for situations, but not be over or needlessly anxious. <clears throat> In the worry book, which I really recommend if you struggle with worry, 
uh, Will van der Hart talks about two kinds of worry, solvable worry and floating worry. So this is what Paul is talking about, and actually it's a really helpful concept. So solvable worry is genuine concern that leads to action or making a judgment or decision of some kind which will lead to resolution and is therefore fruitful. Floating worries, or perpetual anxiety or over-anxiety, are thought patterns which are not often based in reality, but we believe them nonetheless. And they go round and round in circles and don't get anywhere. So they're unfruitful. And it leaves us exhausted and overwhelmed. Okay. So what's the way through for us? How, as Christians, are we to respond? Now, we're going to look much more at the text next time, so um, yeah, so we'll go much more into it there. But we need just to be aware that anxiety starts in the mind, and the mind is your greatest asset, God-given greatest asset, but it's also the biggest spiritual battleground, and the enemy would really love to rule your mind. I love the Good News translation of Proverbs 4.23. It says, Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. So we need to learn how to manage both our thoughts and our mind. We need to allow the Lord to help us with a reality check, to search us, and to let him shine his light and truth into our anxious thoughts. But in verses 4 and 5, Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Now the great news is that gratitude is a great antidote to anxiety. It's probably where we need to start. So just think for a moment, when we're feeling anxious, what are we looking at? Well, the problem. And we're worrying about this awful outcome that we're anticipating, which probably will never happen. And we completely forget all the amazing things that the Lord has already done in our lives. But when we're thankful for what we already have, and we remind ourselves of his amazing grace and blessings, it's much easier to put our anxiety into some kind of perspective and bring truth into the situation and reality into the situation. So let's be thankful for what we already have, rather than just focusing on what we don't have or still want. This is our Heavenly Father, and he's full of love for us. He doesn't condemn us for feeling anxious. He just wants to walk with us through it and take us into his freedom. He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with cords of loving kindness. I have a plan for you plan to prosper you and not to harm you, 
to give you hope in the future. He stays the same, whatever our circumstances are. And it's for that reason that we can rejoice in the Lord always. As I've said already, when we're suffering from anxiety, we tend to feel pretty much on our own. Overwhelmed and possibly quite ashamed. And because of the shame, it's then hard to admit, often even to the Lord, that we're feeling anxious. So we easily forget that the Lord is near. He's Emmanuel, God with us. He's Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. He's present with us. We may feel on our own, but the truth is he's right here with us. And the presence of problems does not mean the absence of God. He says, Do not be anxious. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. As I finish, if it has struck a chord with you, I'd like you to recognise whether it's a problem and decide whether you want to take the step of inviting him in to help you overcome your anxieties. He does want to walk you through this, but you do need to participate with him. I've got an exciting bit of homework for you the next time, which I shall obviously test you when you come back. But my suggestion is that you pray first and then make a list of all the things that you're thankful for and then think about your anxieties. Which ones are solvable? Which ones are genuine concerns? And which ones are floating worries or needless anxiety? And write them down too. And then when you consider your genuine concerns, just think, is there a decision that you could make that would resolve those things? And it's really good if you can write this stuff down, because actually the Lord really kind of speaks to us as we give him that time and we give him that attention. And then maybe you can bring it back next time, because we'll be working on the in greater depth on the rest of the passage next time. So I just want to finish with a verse from Psalm 139. And do pray this with me if you'd like to. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Lord, I just thank you so much for each one here, Lord, and that you love them beyond, absolutely beyond what they can imagine. There is nothing in them that you condemn, there's nothing in us that you condemn. You're always for us. You always love us. And you could never love us any more than you do now. And there's nothing that we can do that would make you love us any less. And Lord, I pray that through these weeks, 
Lord, you will really bring significant freedom to those of us who suffer with anxiety. just want to say too that we really as team and as church want you to be able to share those anxieties. We don't want you to hide them away and we want to be able to walk with you through them. So yeah, so I'll just hand over to you. It's really um sense God's spirit very gently touching different areas in our hearts and maybe that you kind of feel this is kind of opening some stuff up for you that you'd like to get some prayer. As a church, we love to pray for people. We're going to worship for a bit as we draw to close, but there's going to be a prayer team over on the side. And if you want to come and chat to someone, don't have to say too much, but they'd just love to stand with you and pray with you. We've seen God amazingly break into lives. I was just reminded when uh, Victoria was speaking um, a few months ago, um, praying with a girl who came up who um, had massive anxiety about traveling, even going in a car. And um, she was, um, had been invited to go out to Africa and the thought of going anywhere just terrified her. And a couple of us just prayed and it was remarkable to see God's peace very powerfully there. I think dramatic in that moment for her, but she, she went home and she texted a few days to say, I feel really different. And then uh, about a month or two later I had some Facebook pages sent to me with her in Africa saying, I can't believe I'm here. God has done a wonderful, wonderful thing. So if you'd like someone to stand with you in prayer, Sometimes God answers really quickly, sometimes it's a process. But we do that as family, believing that God is a God of transformation and healing and breakthrough. We believe that God speaks to us, and um, Sarah's uh, got a couple of, of words that she sent God to share that maybe speaks into your heart. If you're responding to one of these words, then I'd really encourage you to go and pray with someone before you go back tonight. I'm going to invite the band up and then um, hand over to people.